Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. This is Five Steps to Self-Awareness Mastery. And my guest today is the author of a couple of books that deals with self-awareness. In fact, she is a student of the Self-Realization Fellowship and Yogananda Paramhansa. Let's welcome Susan Nefsker to Quantum Conversations. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for having me. This is a beautiful conversation. I thank you for joining us. We love talking about the expansion of consciousness, and this is a journey that begins within. In fact, it's this journey within that provides us all the answers. And so you've got some steps for us on how we really begin to master self-awareness. Before we get there, though, Susan, please yeah. share with us about your journey on your own quest of <laughs> self-realization. You, too, found Yogananda. For sure, I did. And at, an early, at the early phase of my journey, thankfully, um, I did read, you know, Autobiography of a Yogi, and actually it all started when I moved to Atlanta in the 90s, and I just, I began the quest, and I was always seeking, knowing that there were so many questions that I had that there were not answers for, basically, right? Isn't that what we all do on the journey? And um, I was just reading all the masters, doing all the work. And eventually I moved back to Florida and um, had my son. And I found this conscious writing retreat. I don't even know how I was initially connected to the conscious writing, the Creative and Conscious Writing Association, but I was getting these emails and I was very busy at the time, and I would say, Isn't, wouldn't that be nice if I could actually have the time to read this email and do a writing prompt? Because they were really, really, they were really outstanding. 
And one day I read the email and I was, and it was about a conscious writing retreat in Glastonbury, England. And I said to, and I had just said to myself probably a couple months before, well, I think it's time for me to write that book. I've been saying I'm going to write my whole life. So I responded because I felt, you know, obviously the pull and, uh, and at that point in my life, I was very aware of, you know, what needed to be done, what I needed to do and things like that. So I said, well, I have to go into this retreat. So I went to the retreat in England in Glastonbury, not knowing at the time what my real, <laughs> what the real connection was to Glastonbury. Um, and I tried to go without expectation and I found all these people who were, it was a reunion of souls and mm -hmm. The, and from the moment we started in the process of aligning with our creative consciousness um, and going, and when I went out into the gardens to the Abbey ruins, <clears throat> my whole life changed in just like a matter of hours. Mm. I was completely transformed in the first day. <laughs> I started, I just did the outline for the book. I started writing the book in the gardens of the of Glastonbury Abbey. I just put my pen to the paper and there it came. It just all flowed. And I knew at that moment, I knew at that moment my whole life was changing. You know, but I, I just went with the flow because if you couldn't you couldn't refuse the flow. So um that's how it all started, how I wrote the books. And it just it had to happen and I had to integrate all of that into my life and my whole life changed. So, <laughs> and it's a, it's a really long story, but you know, I think when you know, when you're ready and you, when you're ready, you take the steps and then you, you know, you let go and the flow occurs. Most importantly, you listened to the call of your heart and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, you knew that you yep. were there to be in Glastonbury and you didn't know it at the time, but that connection, the reunion of souls, beautiful. Okay, so, and so then you wrote these books. You've got two books, actually there's three that you're a part of. A Practical Guide to Awareness and Putting Awareness into Practice. We're going to talk about this because this is really walking our talk and living this experience. So one of these books is available in your special offer. You work with clients around the world in one-on-one -on -one sessions and really help them tap into this inner awareness a Practical Guide to Awareness, which also the title was, I downloaded the title, the outline, the chapters came in order, everything. Yes, <laughs> that's a download. Was, yeah, it was a total download. So, the, so it is a step-by-step -step guide to finding fulfillment through self-discovery or self-awareness. And it's interactive. There's a lot of, it's very interactive and it's very, very deep. It's not one of these books like, and I'm not, it's not very mainstream, let's put it that way. Um, because people have to actually do the work as they're reading the book to get to the point of 
some kind of point where you tap in and you say, oh yeah, okay, so this is what I, what really makes me happy or this is what, you know, my passion is. Because what I have found through all this work is that when people actually take the time, which requires space in your day, um, when they take the time to figure out what it is that really makes them happy or they know what their gift is, when they share their gift, then their whole life changes. And then actually, you know, that's what we're all supposed to be doing is helping each other, you know, raise the vibration of the planet by sharing our gifts. So that's my little part that I'm trying to help people you know, make it easy in today's world with all the distractions to get to that point. So mm-hmm. that's really what the book is, but it's very interactive. So it's not like you just sit and read it. You can, and you, it's, the chapters are very short. And then interspersed throughout the practical guide is the story of the woman of faith who came in when I was writing the book. So that illustrates the guide through her journey and um, all the things she went through. It illustrates how we can all do it. And it's not, sometimes it's not easy, but you know, when you have, when you know, like you said, undeniably that this is what, you know, your next step is and your heart is telling you then you can do it. That is so encouraging. This is a big year. This time is really ripe for many to step up in big new ways, in in really living and expressing what makes them happy. So it's beautiful for us to go so deep that we know what our gift is. And I agree with you. When we know it, it's like the sweet spot on a tennis racket. (laughs) We're really provided for. We really are. It's when we share the gift. You know, sometimes there are such deep experiences in one's journey that it is unfathomable to think that that anyone would want to read this or hear the story, but it's actually, that's the gift in the pain and that actually helps other people. So it's beautiful to to hear you say that we share our gifts. We are here to share. So I love that you help people do that. Your book, A Practical Guide to Awareness, and the accompanying workbook, Putting Awareness into Practice, is available in your special offer. And we're going to talk about that. But let's talk first about the woman of faith who came through while you were writing the book. Right. So I would have, you know, the, it was over several days and then I continued writing for about six weeks Mm. and was finished (laughs) with the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I would, what would happen is I would have, you know, I would have these, I would have visions of these people and I would just be writing what I was seeing. So the woman of faith, is as far, I mean, for me, it's Mary Magdalene, and I've come to know that. I didn't know immediately. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, in that space is where Joseph of Arimathea and Mary Magdalene and all the people from the, you know, the Christ consciousness during that time, they were there at that time and trying to start anew with the word. And, and so apparently, you know, 
for me, that was Mary Magdalene, who was on this journey after the death of Yeshua and Christ. And she was the keeper of the word. And this story, if you've read the book, it's very poignant. She tells how, you know, she has doubts and fears. She doesn't want to go on many times. She feels like she just can't go on after what she's been through. And so it's a living, it's a real living reminiscence, basically, you know, it's bits and pieces and, and, and it's, but it's extremely heartfelt and, and very um, poignant and you can't help but feel it when you're reading it. And it's, it's, she demonstrates through her journey, I mean, through death, you know, through persecution, through her trials and tribulations that as we, as we've been saying, when you know what your destiny is or what your gift is, you, there's nothing that can really sway you from that motivation of completing that. At least in my experience, I, 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 I know that, you know, this is after this book and doing this work, I know this is what I'm here to do to help people also understand, you know, that's what we're really all here for because we all have a gift that's unique. Everyone has a unique gift and it's so hard. I don't know why for people to understand that, I guess through conditioning and cultural conditioning. Uh, but that's Mary Magdalene and what she had to do and she did it. So, you know, I find through all of the ways that we have now through technology and finding you and finding other people, we're all coming together now to do exactly this, to help people see the, e you know, the, the easier way to do it instead of struggling so that we can raise the vibration of the planet because that's what we're doing now. Yes, so beautiful. And everyone knows that this is why we came at this time to the planet. Yep. And so what a great job everyone is doing. Yes. It's not always so easy to look deep within inside ourselves for that clarity and why we would choose that. It's kind of sad that many people are just numb from the conditional yes. programming that yes. they lose sight of what makes them happy. Exactly. And so, you know, just a few things. You've got five steps. Right. So in the steps that I, I came up with this because I, I do a lot of interviews and it's not always easy <laughs> to talk about this book because, you know, um, the energy takes us where we're meant to go. So sometimes it's not always easy to drill down. So what I say, what I've come up with and what I do in workshops and what I do with um, people one-on-one -on -one is try to perceive your perfect world. And one of the ways that I help people do that is vision boarding. Even though I know it's, it's very popular now, it's an easy way to either if you can draw, draw, or if you have magazines or pictures, if people can sit down without thinking and just perceive their perfect world and then just put all these pictures down of what that perfect world would look like, it, you would be surprised what happens because when people are kind of, you know, unfettered without time constraints and other things, and they just think, well, what would be my perfect world? And they put down all these pictures, you know, whatever it is, mountains, sailboats, um, 
flying, you know, whatever it is, they eventually will, will come up with a picture that represents a dream. And it, it and inevitably the dream will lead, you know, to the, what your heart is trying to tell you. So that's what I tell people to do. And even if they don't do it in a group or a, a workshop or whatever, I just say, try to sit in a quiet place and visualize your dreams, see your perfect world, and then assemble pictures that depict an ideal world for you. And then when you feel like you're finished, these images will in many ways represent how we see ourselves even. So that's another clarifier because that can sometimes help people clarify their needs. So that when they do that, they, it's a lot of times it's, it's eye-opening and people are surprised because it sounds really simple, <laughs> but it works. So that's one thing I tell people to do and I work with people to do and it's something that anybody can do it anytime, anywhere, you know? Another thing I do, which will also enable, you know, the free flow of sketching or doodling or whatever it is, you know, people like doing, um, is to create space in your day. This is one thing I say a lot. Um, creating space in your daily life that brings you to awareness so that you can pay attention to your thoughts and what your heart is telling you. And, you know, this can be done through affirmations meditation or even just by you know every day or at the end of the day or the beginning of the day trying to just take the time and i i tell people i you know the people i work with i say just start with five minutes because people when you tell people that or when you work with people that you know they say oh it's just one more thing you know i i don't have time right <laughs> And I know because I used to be one of those people. Um, so I say, so it's a big thing, creating time and space for your thoughts, because that forces us to review our responsibility to ourselves and others. If, and if we can do it, you know, in a quiet space, like, you know, whenever's comfortable for the person, you, you begin to objectively review whatever it is. It could be your calendar, you know, look at your calendar and say, do I really have to say yes to all these obligations? Because a lot of times busy people just say yes to everything, especially related to work. And they don't say no at first. And then they go back and look at their calendar and they're booked out and they wonder why they're stressed out, you know? Mm -hmm. So so this is a big thing, this creating space in your day. And um, it really works to start, you know, with whatever it is, five or 10 minutes sitting in silence and just trying to breathe and get all the distractions out of the way. And then, you know, you can slowly increase your time from, you know, five or 10 minutes to 20 minutes and then eventually 30 minutes. And it doesn't have to be a meditation. It doesn't have to be anything specific as long as you're paying attention to yourself and how you're feeling and where you're feeling the pressure of your daily, your daily calendars or your daily commitments. And so that's self-awareness. So you look at the calendar and you say, you know, well, no, I don't have to do this. And that gives me 30 minutes at lunchtime to go outside for a walk. Okay. I know that's a basic thing, but 
for some people, for some people, it's very freeing. So that's another thing that I utilize in the work I do is just, I say to create space in your day. That's probably the most important appointment that we can have with ourselves in that very sacred space. So do you find when we do make that space that we tune in more to the inner guidance, we have epiphanies or we have inspiration or ideas that pop in? Yes, I mean, you have to separate yourself from all the distractions. And it's really difficult for all of us. But for me, I find when I'm writing poetry, because what happened when I did conscious writing, I became aligned with my creative consciousness and all (laughs) kinds of things happened. Not just writing the book, I started writing poetry. So I started a poetry blog. And I mean, it was just just coming all the time. And so I, I would, I find when I'm writing poetry that things come in, like I, all these ideas and, you know, inspirations and also take photographs of nature. So I combine the two. So I find doing those two things are really, for me, the most inspirational thing I can do. And if I can't get outside to do it, I just am not feeling right. (laughs) So oh, there's all yes. kinds of ways to, you know, the point is, my point is there's all kinds of ways for inspiration. Even if you, so even if the creating space is going outside and sitting outside for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, that is a big, big, um, <clears throat> that's a big influence on many people because of what nature brings. And now we know through all the research and the studies how much it really does impact our physical bodies, our brains, and our vibration. And obviously, we know that there's so many sentient beings in nature that are actually communicating with us through us going out and making the time to do that. So that's something, that's another time when I receive a lot of inspiration when I'm walking in nature. Yes, it is a daily staple or a daily requirement, and it really brings us into alignment. And there's been a bunch of people stepping forward and letting me know that Mm -hmm. they are suddenly communicating with trees. Oh, yes. Is that beautiful? (laughs) Oh, yes. I do it. I do it. I do it all the time. I have my my trees. Let's put it that way. Yes. And that's really why, so after the writing the book and everything. I, div- I got a divorce. I moved like four times and, you know, I moved back to Atlanta. And I mean, I just do, you know, I, I, this is where I began my journey and I know there's a vortex here. So, I mean, I've always known and the trees here are just, <laughs> they're, they're amazing and they're very old trees. And so in my neighborhood where I live, I have the same trees that I see every day. So, so that's all part of the plan, you know, and that takes me to one of my next steps, which is practicing mindfulness and doing it, you know, like taking a walk and and describing to yourself everything you're seeing so that you bring yourself into the present moment 
so that you're not rushing ahead, you know, and thinking about all the other things that you have to do or that you want to do. So one thing I do with people and one thing I'm going to do on this retreat that's coming up that I'll tell you about um, is for, with people, I go outside and walk with them and say, okay, describe, you know, where you're walking. Okay, I'm walking on the green grass. The sky is blue. You know, whatever it is, I'm walking by the ocean. The ocean's green. Because when I was just getting into all this, I would have to do that to bring myself to stay present. I don't really have to do it anymore very much, but I still find myself sometimes doing it. But it's very helpful. And it's, again, these are all things that anybody can do wherever you are, whether you're sitting in your house and it's snowing outside. You can say, oh, well, I'm looking out the window and it's snowing. And you're in the moment. And then you can at least connect to yourself, how you're feeling, what you're seeing in that present moment. Mm -hmm. And the more we can do that, the more we can do it with the people. And in my book, you know, one of the tenets is, you know, commitments to self-care, commitments to spirituality and commitments to um, uh, our, you know, what we're doing, our work, our our mission, our motivation. Um, and so when you're with your, one of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, when you're with your family, you want to be present you, and you, and to honor that commitment to that relationship, whether it's your husband or your children or your mother or your father, you know, being present is really important. And it's sometimes difficult in today's world to do that. So that's, and that's also self-care and it's also honoring, you know, being present and it changes the whole dynamic of what happens, you know? So for example, you're had a busy day at work and your kids want your attention, but you're preoccupied with something else. Well, you know, what's happening here. So you have to ask yourself, what's the most important thing you can do? Well, probably, for your kids, especially at a young age, it's give them your attention and, and your husband too, or your wife or whoever it is, you know, and that's something that's so basic, but we don't think about it because we get stuck on autopilot sometimes. So this all is all about, you know, mindfulness, you could call it whatever you want, but trying to be present in the moment leads to greater presence and so presence then eventually when you're when you're making yourself focus on it it becomes part of you i mean if you are you know willing and ready to do the work to discover what your gift is so you can share it with the world so you can raise the vibration of the planet if we're all doing that you know and we're all happily doing that we're changing the planet and that's why we're all coming together right now. Hearing you speak, it's like you can see, I could see timelines, mm -hmm. timelines of missed opportunity, missed mm -hmm. conversation by being so dialed into cell phones, for example, or mm -hmm. our devices that mm -hmm. we're actually missing that moment. You were mentioning like taking care and, and giving those children the mm -hmm. time that they need. You know, and it's just the way our world has advanced. And like we hand little babies like a phone or a tablet or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. and um, 
it, and the time does fly. And my, my son's in college too. He happens to live with me, <laughs> but you <That's> know, <laughs> it's, it, well, everybody says that, but it's not easy. Let's put it that way. Um, and so, th so then that leads me to another final step and that's committing to awareness. So first, and it really maybe should be the first step, but you have to go through all these other steps and to see the big picture. And so when we commit to awareness, you know, I think people know, and they're coming to the conclusions now, something's missing, you know, what's missing in my life. And after everything, I had had everything, a successful career, you know, I was on, I was married, you know, I had my son and, you know, all the things that in our outer world, you know, we say, well, this is all, these are all the things that we're supposed to do. So I'm supposed to feel like, okay, <laughs> I feel accomplished. <laughs> and I always felt like something was still missing. And yes. that's, you know, why I knew, you know, the retreat was just something I had to do. And I had no idea why, I had no idea any of this would happen, of course. But that's when you can commit to awareness and then you can apply these practices because then opportunities for awareness present themselves in many forms and, and being open. And so by committing to awareness, you know, we can commit to being open to change and staying alert to what makes us feel excited or happy or, or even grateful. You know, it, it can be anything. It can be eating an apple, you know, and that's, it's such a positive thing and staying in the positive energy and feeling good and contributing to yourself to feel good, which, you know, is obviously self-care. And in the book, you know, I talk about self-care, obviously, um, because the commitment to self-care is the most important one because we have to figure out who we are because if we don't contribute to our own self-care and our own happiness, we don't have anything to give anyone else. We think we do, but at the end of the day, we really don't because we're an empty vessel. So we have to fill our vessel up first. So it, so the book, you know, it, it really is an interactive way to hit all these points, commitment to awareness, commitment to self-care, um, attachment and letting go, you know, obviously that's a big <laughs> that's a that's a big topic um yeah. but it, but it's straightforward but the people you know whoever is drawn to read the book you know they're obviously ready to do the work and it is work it's not easy and i think we all know that no it's not easy and one of the phrases that comes to mind is non-judgmental self-observation <laughs> yes <laughs> when we begin yeah. to see some of the programs that are that we're operating under you know especially as a parent you know i'm sure you've seen this and perhaps you you write about it but when we see programs that we went through as children and now we're parents you know we have to stop ourselves right. what can you say for for people when we when we see a behavior for example like maybe it's a parenting belief from right. our parents that maybe kids shouldn't be able to go out at night after dark if they're 16 and driving do you have a process for people when they come into this awareness of a program 
to dissolve that program or step out of it. So, uh, and so in many ways, that's how the workbook came about because that's the companion guide to the book. And I, so that's exactly <laughs> what yes. happened. And so it's, it's a workbook, but there are different ways to help you make this a, a daily habit in a positive way. But what I do, and it just happened to me yesterday, I work with people and people send me payments and I had this check that I had put wherever I put it because I thought I put it somewhere and I can't find it. And I was so judgmental of myself for not being able to find that check. And I said to myself, wait a minute, come on. <laughs> but, you know, I did it and I said, okay, this is okay because, you know, this is ha happening so you can be aware that there's certain things that you're still judging yourself about. So what I tell people is to, it's really good to recognize it. And when it's happening, you know, most people will feel in, a negative, in a, you know, in some way. So you know you're feeling negative, right? Mm. You know you're whatever it is, sad, mad, you know, yes. exasperated, frustrated, that's all negative. <laughs> so, you know, and, you, and if you can just recognize that you're feeling that way, that's a big step, first of all. And then second of all, you know, walking yourself back and saying, oh, it's okay because, you know, it's not the end of the world. And the, these are the things, you know, this is how I'm going to remedy it. And so I have to be kinder to myself or I have to try not to judge myself for not being perfect because I find, you know, that's one thing I've always done to myself. I mean, other people have their thing, you know? Um, so I always say, you know, being aware of the fact that you're upset about something obviously is taking you out of alignment. Right. And so then you have to, you know, when you're in alignment, you're feeling pretty good. So the, the goal is to, you know, feel as good as we can feel every day. And how do we do that? Well, you know, all the things that, that I talk about, self-care, taking time for yourself, whatever it is, five or 10 or 15 minutes. And even if when this does happen, let's say you feel like, oh, you know, I didn't do this thing I was supposed to do today. I didn't journal. I didn't meditate, whatever it is. Just to be, like you said, you know, the, the non-judgmental self-observant is just step back, you know, take a deep breath. And that's another thing that I, we haven't really touched on, but breath work is so um, important and so helpful that I do a lot of breath work and whether it's just, you know, alternate nostril breathing or just taking a few deep breaths that always brings your vibration back into alignment because of, you know, everything's vibration. So if we can see, okay, I'm frustrated. Why am I frustrated? Well, I'm sitting in traffic and I'm in a hurry. Well, you can recognize that you can't control it and take a few deep breaths. And when you do that, it, it, there's a magical thing that happens and you just feel automatically feel better. You know, so I think this, the, the non-judgmental self-observance is so important, like you say. So that's what I do. And that's what I recommend to people to try to see how this is not the end of the world. 
you know, and that working on, you're working on it, you know, you're working on it. It's a work in progress every day for the rest of our journey. Yes. So it really is us becoming masters at understanding our energy, where, where we are pulling ourselves out of alignment of that feel good feeling yes. by thoughts, by belief systems, by old programs. Yes. And really, I love what you said there, really surrender and breathe. Mm -hmm. um, the alternate nostril breathing, for those who are not familiar with it, let's go over that because it literally is combining both hemispheres of the brain. Share that process with us. It, it, yeah, and it is handy because you can, again, do it anywhere. So, do it in traffic, in the grocery exactly, store. Exactly. In the doctor's office, whatever you're doing. So you, sitting or standing, you place your fingers, take a deep breath, and then place your hands or your fingers over both nostrils, holding in the breath for a count of seven. If you can't do it for seven, you know, do it for a shorter time and you can work up to seven. And then releasing one nostril at a time, let the breath out through one nostril. So let's say start with your left nostril, you know, you release the breath and then breathe back in through that nostril and then hold your breath and then release your right nostril with your finger, breathe out through your right nostril, then breathe in and do it for however many times you feel comfortable. Sometimes I do it you know, three or four times and I'm good to go. Yes. Sometimes you need to do it for longer. But what that does is it changes the chemistry of your body, like you say, changes the hemisphere and it changes your vibration because the breath is your vibration and that brings you, it, it changes the chemistry in your brain so that um, it works on that fight or flight. So when maybe you're upset or mad or angry or sad, even, you know, you're feeling frustrated. So it works on that and you feel better immediately. And, and people who have anxiety use that as a technique for anxiety, you know, for flight or flight situations. It's very interesting as well that when we start out, one nostril may be clogged, but yeah. if you persevere, you can literally feel the balance that is taking place. The nostrils will open, and that's a beautiful technique. Wow. Exactly, and you can do it, you know, even if you feel like, let's say, in the morning, you're starting to do the creating space in your day, and you want to take five or ten minutes, and you're you can do the alternate breathing as a way to get you there. And I do it sometimes because if I feel like I cannot, <laughs> I cannot free my mind. Right. So it'll get me, I mean, it gets you right there because you, when any kind of breath work, you're focusing on the breath and you can't, you can't think about anything else. Very so, present. Yeah, so it's really, really a great technique I have found. I think it's very helpful. Plus, you feel great after you do it. <laughs> yes, like you said, in just a few minutes or less. So I hope, I, I know that there's many who are practicing that right now. And happy shifting, everyone. Thank you for <laughs> shifting and exactly. being present. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, well, all right. So the book, the book, the book, it's so wonderful. You've got 
people who use it, it changes their life. They say, absolutely, you must make time for this book. It's valuable. It's very helpful. And mm -hmm. so in your special offer, let's take a moment and talk about what you've put together because not only is the step-by-step -step guide available, it's finding fulfillment through self-discovery, but it comes with the companion guide, which mm -hmm. is a workbook, putting awareness into practice. They also come with a one-on-one -on -one session with you. So it would be very similar Obviously, when you're working with people, you know, the energy is different, but um, it's very similar to doing these five steps. And so doing, you know, creating a vision board and then finding ways, you know, through discussion that work for the person to create space in their day and then making these steps, you know, part of your day, the daily, you know, making this a part of your daily effort towards awareness so that when I work with someone, you know, I find, and it may be that we settle on maybe two things that they can do, you know, and then working through the workbook, they can find, you know, the time to get started with awareness and then they can work into making more time for doing these things that are in the workbook and in the book. Um, because not everybody can, you know, everybody's different. Everyone has a, you know, everyone has a different life. And so what, what it, a lot of what I do with people is figuring out with them, you know, what can work for them to help them feel better through this work of being present and being aware and then getting to the space of being self-aware. It's always great to be able to talk with someone about that. You know, we, we do have questions that come up. It's like, is this the right thing to do? So that's really beneficial to be able to speak with, with a guide that really helps keep us in alignment all the time. Right, right. And, you know, it's not easy. I mean, and you, we talked about parenting. You know, <laughs> I think the thing that gets me out of alignment the most is parenting. <laughs> Yes, I've heard that. That's a that's something that I feel like that that is the most challenging for me in this at this stage in my life with everything I'm doing. So that's where, you know, I also step back and say, "Okay, you know, and I go through this process because it's not easy. It's just not easy." <laughs> Seeing our own programs is really what it is, our own fears, our mm -hmm. own belief systems. And this book that you've written and the workbook is a tool that allows us to look so deeply that we're actually able to let go of all that that doesn't serve. And so it's a really good tool. And I really commend you because it helps us as we are here to usher in new earth. Well, and that's why it's such a burning motivation for me um there's just no question you know after that transformation that i went through there was absolutely no question this was my work this is what i was doing and i was it was there really you just there's no words in the english language for it but that's what happens when you find out what your true gift is this is what I'm, my gift is that I'm helping people do this. And everybody has that. 
So you know, because look at what you do, Lauren. You know, you share all these amazing people in all these ways that we can all tap in and change the vibration of the planet. So if you know, if we were all doing that, imagine you know where we would be. But we're changing, you know, the conditioning, and we're 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 just blowing away all the things you know that have happened before so we can create new earth it's happening on the good news side so yeah. many people are waking up and getting it younger generations get it new kids yeah. are being born that are wired totally different so right as we wrap up our show today i would like you to share a little bit about when mm -hmm. we understand what makes us happy when mm -hmm. we have that clarity you say for someone who is in a job right now knowing that they want to jump over here or change timelines and quantum leap and they're doubtful there's ways to make it happen what's your advice on that well there there are ways to do it and my first the first thing i would say is to start slowly because yes i've done it both ways. When I left, well, when I was in Atlanta and I first woke up, I totally jumped off the cliff and it was, it was not easy. So I go into so, a little bit of debt, but you can get yeah. out of it. But anyway, oh, yeah. but mm -hmm. the, and this time, you know, when I left the, re the retreat, I started changing because I work for myself anyway. So it's easier for me than it, it would be for someone who has a career, you know, working a job nine to five. So just do one thing that you think is, you know, is the first step Yes. To, like, join. So let's say you want to write a book, join the writer's club in your area because, or let's say you want to start doing meditation or you want to learn about the self-realization fellowship. So find that group in your area where you live and join that group and meet those people because those are like-minded people. So find like-minded people or intend through your space when you're doing, you know, your meditation or whatever it is, talk to people, say, you know, I've been thinking I want to find out more about meditation. Well, if your intention is to find out, you know, let's say you even want to eventually teach it or you want to teach yoga, or I know I'm being simple, but for me, what I did was, cause I've been in public relations for 30 years. So see, I just changed who I was working with. So I started working with coaches and people who help other people. And my thing was, well, I'm going to try to work with people who help other people, you know, and that's, that was a pretty broad, pretty broad based brush. But, um, it, and it, it worked for a little while, you know, and then everything changed and then the next step flowed in and then I worked with other people. But just start out simple and try to find like-minded people with what you know that it is. So let's say you want to paint, you know, let's say you want to do painting or want to do it for fun and then maybe you think you want to sell your paintings. Jo you know, join an art class. Because the whole point of the vibration is be in the vibration of the like that you, that you feel happiest doing. Whatever that is, you know, it can be a million things. Not everybody 
is meant to do the same thing. You could, let's say you want to help um, senior citizens by having art classes at a senior citizen home, you know, or something like that. That, that would be a huge um, upbeat to the vibration of the planet, you know? So it can be, it can be anything. And I think, so the advice would be to start simple, um, stay within, you know, that area that you, that really motivates you and drives you and try to find like-minded people in your area where you live or where, even where you work to associate with. And that's what I also did. And then, you know, by writing the book and getting everything, you know, ready for the book, um, things just tend to flow because once you're in the flow and you're in alignment, things will flow in, you know, you will be supported, you know, and if you can find even a support group, however, that whatever that means, it could be a yoga group, a meditation group, an exercise group, a biking group, a hiking group. Let's say you want to start, you know, doing hikes all over the world. It, it just can be anything. I mean, I think not limiting yourself is the other part of that advice um, because it changes. So for me, it changed a lot. And I, I still do, you know, my PR work because it's, <laughs> and when you write a book and publish it, you know, you, it's never really about selling books. It's about delivering the message. So I still do my PR work and I just try to have the right intention and work with people who have a similar alignment to me. And that just comes automatically now. Those people just come because that's my intention. So I don't know if that's too complicated for people who want to do it, but I recommend not jumping off the cliff, but you know, try just walking out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I actually, I saw that movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And I right. left my job. I never worked for another person again. <laughs> right, 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 so, right. And, yeah. and, you know, that wasn't easy because it was a little, it took me a little time to get my bearings. Um, right. But I think the key points that I like to highlight is that we just begin doing what we love. That's part yeah. of the passion. And it does align us. It, it puts us in the flow. It puts us in the energy field where we meet people. We are divinely inspired and we just take it from there. We're inspired on the next steps. We're inspired on seeing the next learning curve that we have to tackle. Exactly. And so that's the gate. That's the way, right? That's right. the roadmap. Yes. And so, and that led me and that led me to, from doing this work to now I'm expanding in to bringing people on a retreat for self-awareness. So I am having one in the South of France. It is a, an energetic destination that, for me, it was part of my journey, and it's uh, very highly attuned to being able to do that. But I find that sometimes people that are busy just still can't make it happen unless they're away. So that, that's what I'm doing now, working with people, taking, I'm doing a retreat in the south of France in June. All group, and it's just for women. And so that's how it's going to start. You know, maybe I'll do one for men only, but I find that women find me more often, you know, than men do. So it is what it is. I don't know, but that's what I'll be doing next. And that came 
you know, that, that idea just came, I think I was writing a poem and I thought, you know, I wanted to do this. So I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's the same for all of us. You know, it just depends on, you know, it's all about trusting and it's still hard to trust sometimes, you know, it's just not easy because here we are, you know, we're in the human condition, we're in human bodies, but we have to make it work for us. Susan Nevsker, thank you so much. This has been a beautiful conversation with you. Your special offer is available on this webpage at AcousticHealth.com for your book and the workbook and the personal session with you. It is my passion and I love working with people, whether it's one-on-one or in a group. And I sometimes meet people inadvertently and we'll have a conversation about self-awareness and then we start doing the work and i just love it i just it's just it's it's just my passion i love helping people just it just it's like this light you know that goes on and you can see it you know you can see it in somebody's eyes or you can hear it in their voice and once that little switch is flipped sometimes it's all you know somebody needs to just start you know, on that path. It's really exciting. Link up and get in alignment. Susan, thank you, thank you, thank you for this quantum conversation. We are feeling empowered and invigorated. Thank you for having me. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. For listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration we raise the vibration of the planet this show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations 
The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.